You're listening to BQN. Assimilate the audio. Engage. 78 years have passed since the days of the original USS Enterprise. Now a new galaxy starship has been designed. Transporter Chief, beam our listeners aboard. Welcome to Galaxy Class, a Star Trek Next Generation podcast here on BQN and the Fandom Podcast Network. I'm your host, Counselor Amy Nelson, and joined with me today is the most amazing audio technician, Joe Keegan. Oh, Amy Nelson, it's the middle of the night now, because <laughs> we started like a million hours ago. Didn't we? We did, yes. but it has been so fun um, with you spending this time with you. It's like I'm right there in the same room with you. Because you can see me in profile and you can see me straight on because we're currently using two computers because we're, yeah, because nothing works. Apart from this, is it Jerry Wright? But it is working now. System is, yes. For how long, we don't know, but it's working. Yes. Well, Joe, it's just us again this week. I know. Getting used to this. Do you remember having other hosts? I know. Yes, hopefully uh, we will get them soon. We miss them, love them. Kevin's, again, off being Santa, doing a great job and loving it from his pictures and posts. And Rhea is being his uh, Rudolph and carrying his sleigh everywhere, flying around. And we hope to have her back soon, too. That's right. I'd forgotten their names, Kevin and Rhea. I thought it was Kia and Revan. Um, but they sound like Hyundai um, models. So, um, yeah, nice. Are you well? Yes, I am well. Uh, I did have quite the flu and cold going on there. Mm. It was pretty bad, but I pretty much healed. I've got like 1% of this phlegmy Pickly. cough still going mm. on, but it, yeah. It's horrific. How about yeah, you? I, I got a haircut, which helped my mojo come back. So I'm feeling well. Same tickly cough that only really affects me in the middle of the night. Like I'll wake up multiple times and like try and get rid of the tickle. Yeah, mine's around that three o'clock hour where I just wake up needing to cough. Mm -hmm. That's not good. Because Amy, you would not like Scotland at the moment. It's very cold. Oh. It's at minus four degrees Celsius, which I think is like low 25, 24, 25, 23, something like that. Ooh, yeah, that's too cold. Mm, too cold. Too cold. It's, it's been cold here in Las Vegas. I mean, yeah. I, the, with a high of 55, that would be... Oh, Summer in that? Scotland. Yeah, a summer in Scotland, yes. Well, let's check the communication array to see if we have any comments from our listeners. Logs accessed. I forgot what I, I forgot what listeners were. We get so little feedback. Thank you, listeners. It's exciting. I was about to say the listeners did a good job in giving us some feedback. Yay! 
So you want to start us off? Oh, I will. I will start us. So we have some feedback from last week's episode where it was just Amy and I, and we started a new and series Mark. on. I was just Amy, but a guest on as well, Mark. Yeah. Our new actor profile series where we looked at Patrick Stewart. And oh, funny this Rhea Papa Giorgio. She do we pay her to give us feedback? Must we must do? She says, "Oh my gosh, I forgot SPS's SNL appearance. That's our SPS's Sir Patrick Stewart. Uh, I watched it when it first aired. I was so confused by the sexy cakes skit. That was my first ex- exposure to the notion that particular sort of thing could be sexy. I didn't buy it." And thanks for the shout out. I'll be back as soon as my schedule permits. Anything can be sexy, can't it, Amy? No, I'm just, it's not, I'm not, I can't go there. No? Sexy cakes, yeah. Okay, that's fair. <laughs> Thank you, Ria. Well, we have another comment. Yes, we have two listeners. And that would be from Vera Bible, who writes, laughed out loud the fact that Mark White was on to start yet another series. I was lucky enough to get to meet Patrick Stewart after a performance of Macbeth at the Brooklyn Academy of Music, and he couldn't have been nicer. Joe Keegan would love to hear more of your thoughts on the royals and the monarchy. Amy Nelson, I too have a wine advent calendar, and that discussion had me wondering why Trek doesn't do advent calendars, or have I just missed them? This was a great start to a new series, and I'm looking forward to future episodes as I know much less about the other actors' backgrounds than I do about Patrick Stewart. Well, Vera, thank you so much for your comments. Um, There's so much to unpack here, uh, but I'm just most impressed by your personally meeting Patrick Stewart and that he was nice and that you enjoyed that. I'm jealous. Yeah, I, I've just Googled Star Trek Advent Calendars and Eagle Moss produced a, a Star Trek Advent Calendar that was in the shape of a Borg cube. Yeah, you can you can look it up on Amazon. Um, I think it had spaceships in it, didn't it? Or, oh, or wow. was there trinkets in it? Like we, I can't remember. It wasn't one of those things where it was chocolate, I don't think. Um, I think it was mm. like stickers and like a bottle opener and stuff like that. Wow. And that's a shame because no more Eagle Moss, right? Yes, that's true. Although there's been talk that they, some other company has taken over the license and is going to continue to produce spaceships that we don't need. <laughs> that we don't need, yes. yes. <laughs> this is the captain. Senior officers will report to my ready room immediately. Well, today, listeners, we are going to have a very special Galaxy class brought to you by our one and only Joe Keegan. Now, listeners, when I went to visit Joe over there in his lovely home, he has a beautiful grand piano, baby grand piano. Where is it? Do do you know, it's slightly too big for a baby grand and it's too small for a natural grand, so it's somewhere. A medium. Yeah, yeah, yeah. (laughs) Midi grand. And we... I absolutely enjoyed listening to Joe tickle the ivories. He's so talented, um, has recorded albums and in a band and stuff like that. Like I didn't know. And listeners today, we are going to have Joe talk to us about iconic Star Trek music in TNG specifically. So Joe, what 
are we going to do? Amy, you've set this up like I'm some expert. <laughs> I'm not going <laughs> to be, this is going to be the best Galaxy Class episode ever. I'm not entirely sure that's the case. Given the amount of time we've, we've troubled shooted problems and um, we will do our best yeah i wanted to talk about star trek music because i think we've been really privileged and blessed to have such a, an abundance of orchestral music in star trek going way back to the original series um, and the the theme by alexander courage being like a full live orchestra and so I think Star Trek is one of those series that is known for having that live orchestra. I was listening to the original series theme tune. I was like, it's the least science fiction theme tune that I think I might have heard because it's got the bongo drums. And if, if you were to try and guess what the original theme tune was in terms of style or what time of TV show it went with, you might think some kind of cruise ship around the Caribbean. Do you, I don't, I don't know. I can if, sort of see where you're going with that, yeah. Bongo More drum. of a island feel. Do you get the idea? And on the, the music, it's um it's described, uh, the feel of it is described as a, a galactic Latin rock. Mm. Which doesn't really feel very sci-fi to me. Um, right. compared to what we get in later Star Trek incarnations. Um, like Deep Space Nine, Voyager. Deep Space Nine, Voyager, not Enterprise. The incidental music for all of Star Trek is really sci-fi. Um, but the theme for the original series, just, I I don't think it comes across as very, very sci-fi. Um, so um, what else to say about that? So that original one, that's the Alexander Courage? Yes. Yeah. That's by Alexander Courage. And interesting, a lot of people think that the, the vocal line on it, um, uh, the, the tune that I played there, um, is a theremin. You know that electromagnetic device? Mm -hmm. where you don't actually touch it, but your hands attenuate the EM signal around an antenna and a, a hoop, and you produce you produce kind of 1950s sci-fi sounds like wow. um, Forbidden Planet and those kind of the music that went along with those um, those movies. Um, it's not, it's actually a soprano um, that oh. actually sings that. But you can, I think you can, I think it's quite easy to hear when you hear the original, original theme tune that it's actually somebody singing it and not really weird electronic device. Mm -hmm, um, mm -hmm. Go away and Google theremin music. Um, and weirdly, um, recently for a TV show, uh, Strange New Worlds, they decided to go with the theremin as opposed to the, the soprano voice. Yeah. And I don't like it. I think it sounds really, I don't want to say cheap. I think the voice gives it a quality and the theremin makes it sound a bit gimmicky. Yeah, more authenticity with the voice. Yes, exactly. Especially yeah. a, a well-sung voice makes it sing, I suppose. Excuse the pun. I do love how Strange New World is at least paying homage through the pheromone to get, you know, to honor the original series. Yes. But, but yeah. yeah, just, I, I must have been, who wrote the music for it? Was it Jeff Russo? 
Yes, because that's the one who did Picard, right? He did Picard and Discovery. Yeah. Um, Jeff Russo, Discovery, Picard, Strange New Worlds, and Short Tricks. He did yeah. Children of Mars, Short Tricks, which is the Picard prequel Short Trek. Mm-hmm. So I really wanted to talk, because we're a Star Trek The Next Generation podcast, I really wanted to talk about the TNG theme tune. At the very beginning, we get that violin, that string line. Mm-hmm. Yeah, it's that constant. Yeah, they're just that like, high pitch. The violins are playing that high pitch B flat, and there's double basses way down the bottom. And then there's a synthesizer. Well, the, you've got the strings. I have to mention is the fact that it's got that Alexander Courage theme from the original series. And it's played on the horns and the trumpets in succession. So they kind of over there's a wee that be harmony bit in there, which is kind of cool. And those how it's layered in is it it's such a nice build up. Yes, because it quite gets quite it completely changes after this. While that's going on, you get the dialogue that we're really familiar with from the original series with some little tweaks because it's the 1980s, not the 1960s, and the um. Space, the final frontier. These are the voyages of the Starship Enterprise. Its continuing mission to explore strange new worlds, to seek out new life and new civilizations, to boldly go where no one has gone before. Did you know this off the top of your head? Yes. Now, the two things that were changed was... Obviously, the five-year mission got changed to continuing mission from the original series. And then, of course, we have, instead of where no man has gone before from original, it's where no one has gone before, which I'm sure all of our listeners knew those changes. We go into, after that, we get a big flourish on the harps and the violins and the flute and the, ba- uh, the clarinet. Um, and we come in with the theme, which goes. So we all know that is the the trumpets play that theme. What is the um in the background the the beat the da, 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 when it starts doing that? Do you know what I'm talking about? So the woodwinds and the horns are doing those do 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 rhythms, and then the rest of the orchestra, which with the exception of the violins, they're all doing that kind of um, punctuated rhythmic thing. Violins are doing flourishes at this point. Yeah, like that. I heard that. Yep. 
I know I have the piano music and I just, I can't get that left hand to sound that staccato with the smoothness of the right hand. The violins are doing that. Then after the first theme, we get a second theme, which is played by woodwinds, French horns, violins, cellos and glockenspiel. And then, uh, another, then another key, key change. change. Yeah. <laughs> questions about the TNG theme? Well, so do you, we talked about that it was, you know, used from the original series, um, obviously, uh, Goldsmith, but did you know that they were going to use that theme song for phase two? Which is why they used it for Star Trek the motion picture. So the TNG theme tune and Star Trek the motion picture are for all intents and purposes the same theme tune. I think the only difference is really there's some orchestration differences and there's maybe a key change difference. I think they're in two different keys but you know what everything else is the same largely. And it was a specific choice to you know then use it for next generation in part to sort of have a familiarity from, you know, the mm. original series. Because, you know, back then, man, those fans were not having it. What? A new Star Trek, da da da, right? And so this was sort of a, hey, come on, the water's fine. You recognize this. It's still Star Trek. Yeah, because it wasn't that long. Time the time difference wasn't that big. So the motion picture was out in 1979, and Next Gen started in 1980. Six. I always get this wrong. Next gen's the eighty-six, isn't it? Eighty-seven. Seven. I was close. Eight years of a difference. Um. So yeah, that that idea of familiarity would be really important, given the kind of fans know nothing really, do we? If we complain about, we don't it. critique at all. Yeah, no, we stuff. don't do that. No, yeah. we shouldn't. We shouldn't. Have you heard? I know I've mentioned this before on the podcast. Have you heard the? alternate version of the TNG theme. Yes, because we have spoken about it and you made me aware of it because when we started the Orville, mm. right? That's the one you're talking about, yeah? yeah? That's the one I'm talking about, yeah. Yeah, tell our right. listeners. There, uh, If you buy, we I don't know where you can buy it, but um, there's a, a vinyl version of the TNG theme. The B-side has an alternative theme, and it sounds so much like the Orville theme tune, it's not even funny. And I have to, I have to imagine that Seth MacFarlane was aware of this when they were writing it, and they used it as inspiration. Because you know Seth MacFarlane's a huge Star Trek fan. They must, it's not a coincidence. Yeah. I mean, listeners, if you go, yeah, and hear it and you're just like, oh my gosh, how did Seth MacFarlane get away with this? Because it sounds so similar. Yeah, yes, they're 
you know what? If you're musical, you'll be able to tell the differences, but you could sing one theme tune and it's the same as the other theme tune, essentially. Yeah. And it's just, it's so surprising because like on the radio, you know, I'll hear, well, this artist is suing this artist because the, you know, music infringement and they copied mm. and they'll play like two seconds. I mean, it's obviously a little longer, but they play this little clip and it's like, oh, those five notes were copied. And I'm like, really? You're getting over five notes? And then you go see <laughs> this alternative, you know, theme song and the Orville and you're like, oh my gosh, that definitely is more than five notes that are the same. Uh, it's happened quite a lot. So um, the original Star Wars theme tune sounds, and I always get the movie name wrong. It's from beginning of the 20th century it's called so called something like the king's road or the king's row very very similar theme tunes and you you have to know that john williams just got inspiration from that and then with composers like movie composers composing for multiple movies at the same time you get crossovers um and their theme tunes so the the obvious one is John Williams was composing for Harry Potter at the same time or around about the similar a similar time that the newer Star Wars movies were coming out. So there's a Harry Potter little theme, little motif that he uses, which sounds like a love theme from between Anakin and um, um Padme. Oh yeah. Was. Um their love theme the in Harry Potter just sound really similar and he's oh. changed it enough that it feels new but yeah it happens all the time mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. I suppose there's only so much great music that you can write yeah it's like any any time Amy asked me I am um, like away two years ago maybe a year ago and um, to compose a new theme tune for Galaxy Class and which you've hopefully listened to a couple of times now and um, I would sit at the piano and I would write something and I'd be like that's amazing that's really good. I love this. I have to go and orchestrate this. But then I go, oh, no, it is really good. But it's Pirates of the Caribbean. Oh. Never mind. <laughs> Damn it. Inspiration. Yeah, that's not working. Um, so you'd find loads of nice wee theme tunes. But like, I think if you play some of the themes from Galaxy Class um, and change the chords slightly, you end up with Indiana Jones. Oh yeah, it doesn't yeah. sound like Indiana Jones by any measure, um, but it doesn't take many changes to actually make the galaxy mm. class theme Indiana, jo- Indiana, Indiana mm. Jones. Um, I suppose you know, we've only got twelve notes to play with in Western music. Twelve between notes. Between like, well, yeah, A B C D E F, and then the five sharps and flats. Huh. huh. Then you go back to C. Why did I not know this? There's not. I don't. Like on a piano keyboard, you start at a C and you go chromatically up. 13, isn't it? Oh, well, 12 if you, yes. You go back at C, yeah. So yeah, Yeah. start at C, C, C sharp, D, E flat, E, F, F sharp, G, G sharp, um, A, B flat, B. Yeah, so limited combinations. I suppose it all comes down to your orchestration then. What what instruments are doing what and Mm -hmm. how they've been played. I wanted, so I wanted this to be kind of a bit 
at the start of a series where we talk maybe more fluidly in future about the themes used in Star Trek. And the one that really, really jumps out at me is the inner light. Mm. You know, the episode Picard gets um, zapped by an alien space probe and he lives um, the memories of a, a lifetime of some long dead civilization. And I think the planet was called Catan and he was called Cayman. So he lived the life of Cayman. He got married as Cayman. He had children as Cayman. And then he died. Um, he lived this whole life in some like 20 minutes or so until they figured out how to get him out of it. Um, the theme that Picard plays on his rescue and flute, um, which we hear again in the episode Lessons, where he falls in love with um, Lieutenant Commander Nella Darren, um, is really familiar like to me. Mm. Um, it's written by Jay Chataway, who mm-hmm. we know from... He wrote the theme tune or the incidental music for Next Gen, Deep Space Nine, Voyager and Enterprise. So that first golden age of Star Trek that Amy and I lived through, Jay Chatterway was the man for incidental music for a lot of it. He has to, talking about inspiration, um, he has to have used uh, an old Scottish folk tune for the inner light. Now, the inner light goes... Something like Did you hear that okay? Yes. Now, was that the inner light, yeah? That was Inner Light by Jay Chataway, yes. Actually, it, ha- it seems to have words. I'm not sure, sure if these words are canon or not, but apparently it has words. Tell them of us, my dear, my love, sailor of the stars above. Though we've gone a thousand years, we live on in your heart, my dear. Tell of, tell of us, oh, my darling, sing our song. Mm. So is that... To, is that lyrics to the inner light or to the Scottish? No, that's lyrics to the inner light. Oh, wow. Now, the Sky Boat song is faster, almost double the speed, I think, traditionally. Um, and here you'll hear it played on piano. Now, if we change that piano for a flute and slow it down to like half the tempo, then we really start to see the similarities with the inner light.
You have that repeat, yeah? Yeah. I didn't know that there was a difference. Okay. So mm. play the inner light and then okay, stop so and then tell us goes, when you're going to the. Okay. So the inner light, just the theme goes. Um, That's under light, and then the skyboat song goes. Wow. So ryth rhythmically, they're quite similar, and they do that thing where the kind of the melody ascends, then it descends back to where it started. Mm-hmm. Yeah, that's interesting. So I googled it. Apparently, the theme from Inner Light shares a lot with the Skyboat song, but also piece called Scottish Fantasy by Max Bruch, B-R-U-C-H. I listened to it today a couple of times, and I couldn't hear the similarities. Hmm. Um, so I'm not sure where that was coming from. But yeah, definitely Skyboat song. Also, if you're a Tori Amos fan, Christian Alonso, if you're listening, I know you're definitely a Tori Amos fan. Mm -hmm. um, there's an old, before Tori Amos was Tori Amos, she was in a band when she moved from Baltimore out to LA. She was in this 1980s big haired rock band called Why Can't Tori Read, where she was the lead singer. Um, then I love the music, but it's just really cheesy in a lot of places. On that album, she covers Skyboat song. It's part of a an Etienne trilogy. Tori Amos fans will should know the Skyboat song, and know that it's it serves as inspiration for that inner light. Oh my gosh, that's some pretty interesting music trivia there. Yeah, so I think I'm most familiar, apart from in the episode, I'm most familiar with the crescendo audio recordings. From Star Trek. I've got a few of them. There's one that's for the best of both worlds. There's one that contains the orchestral suite of the inner light because Jay Chataway took the, the theme and expanded it into this six minute orchestral suite for the first volume of the best of Star Trek. Apparently there's a, this is from Memory Alpha, that the Skyboat song is also known as Speed Bonnie Boat. Uh, I've never heard that before. I don't know how true that is. I've always known it as the Skyboat song. Sky, interestingly, is an island on the, one of the Western Isles off the West Coast of Scotland. So I really have to agree with you that the inner light is truly an iconic song in TNG. Like, you can just play the first few notes. Everyone knows exactly what the song is and what episode. Like, it's ingrained. And I wonder, we all, all episodes can't have this amazing, you know, iconic sound. But I wonder why the inner light got so much attention and got this special theme song. Is it to do with the fact that it's an ancient folk tune? It's mm. an ancient folk tune from Catan, but it's also based on a, an ancient folk tune from Scotland. And it's, to, it's like when we hear Frere Jaca in um, the Disaster. Mm -hmm. It's a tune we all know, and it's really familiar. 
And while for American listeners the um, the Skyboat song might not be very familiar, there's probably something deep within us that recognises it, recognises it to a certain extent, and how simple it is. Yeah, you know, it's just kept really simply, um, and it's played on a a wee tin whistle. Mm-hmm. Um, Picard's Resican flute is, according to memory, Alpha played on a tin whistle, um, which we don't hear, so it maybe stands out because it's a little bit unique in terms mm-hmm. of how it sounds. Yeah. It definitely is one, and I'm glad that we're covering it on this first episode. Because, I mean, other standout episodes, I just don't know. Like you said, best of both worlds. I mean, outside of the cliffhanger, dun-dun-dun-dun-dun-dun, right? I wouldn't be able to recognize, uh, maybe, I guess because I haven't listened to it, but I'm like, the inner light is so... That music is so that episode. And I just don't know in any other episode if I can say that. Um, definitely, well, iconic motifs in Star Trek, the Klingon theme. It's very Klingon, yeah. Anytime they used the Deep Space Nine when the Klingons flew in, we get it in, I think, for the first time in the motion picture. So it's used and it identifies. In this case, as a specific species. Other ones that really jump out to me that we'll talk more about in later episodes of this series. Tin Man has an amazing soundtrack. Like, you hear it and you go, that's Tin Man. Mm. And maybe uh, it's not something that's singable. It's not like the the Reskin flute solo. But it's definitely, it's got a unique sound that other episodes don't. Mm-hmm. The best of both worlds, another one. And that bit, the the cliffhanger thing is that orchestral kind of the orchestra has been used to build suspense. Mm-hmm. Um, the Borg theme doesn't pop into my mind readily, um, but the Borg definitely have a theme that goes with them, and we hear it. Yes, even as recent as Picard season two. Yeah, it's. Uh, we'll we'll cover it in a later episode. I have to look at the music and figure out what's going on where, but um, yeah, definitely. I think that's the thing about music. It's so intrinsic to telling the story of Star Trek. If it wasn't for the music, episodes would just be empty. They would lack so much emotion. So we f- we feel through music, and the kind of the music tells us how to react to what's going on in the screen. Yes, most definitely, and we definitely have experienced that when we've covered our deleted scenes, right? And you're watching the scene, and there's no music, <laughs> and it feels so empty and hollow, and you're like, "This, it's just a weird experience." And how important, even just the, you know, background noises or the, you know, just the little. Yes. Things. It's it... I would really struggle to act if I was good enough to act in a TV show without you know, you're surrounded by cameras, you're obviously in a studio, but you have to pretend that you're in a, in a spaceship far, far away. I don't I'm not sure how they do that. Because as viewers we just see it and you see that that layering of the acting with the special effects, with all the sound effects and then the orchestral score over it. It just rounds it out completely. I can't, Amy, you can't say deleted scenes without me thinking of the the woman being electrocuted by the, the sick bay replicator. <laughs> it's funny. Without the yeah. special effects on it. Yeah. It just stands at the replicator and has some kind of weird seizure. Yeah. It's really fun. 
Um, final thoughts. I um, once we get all the the technical side of this ironed out, um, I think it'll be really interesting to delve into the music, like the the nitty gritty of the music and what instruments are doing what and how it's how it's all constructed and built up into the the sound that we hear on screen. Um, what about you, Amy? Yeah, I am very excited to learn more through this series with you. I do have some knowledge um, reading music and understanding that, um, but I'm excited to, yeah, when you're like the horns, you know, they're doing this and the strings are doing this. And, you know, I played clarinet uh, in my band. <laughs> And so, yeah, having all the pieces come together to get the full sound really, yeah, it takes me back and I'm excited to explore and go on this journey with you. It's because as we said, music is very important to Star Trek, um, definitely gives us the feels. And I love our TNG theme song, even though it is TOS, but I cannot hear it and think original series. Like to me, it's TNG. I will put on the original series and I'm like, oh, there's the TNG theme song. It just, even when I'm watching the movie, it speaks TNG to me. So excited to explore music in TNG. Incoming transmission. We would love to hear what you thought of today's episode and hope you'll join our Facebook group, the BQN Collective, to continue our discussion there. You can also tweet your thoughts at Galaxy Class Pod, or you can follow the network on Twitter and Instagram at BQN Podcasts. Please hit the subscribe button on Apple Podcasts or wherever you get your podcasts and leave us a star rating and a written review. That helps others to find the show. You can also follow the entire network's podcast with our master feed by searching BQN. This way, you won't miss any of our fine shows like All Good Things, Union Federation, History with the Zalogis, Infinite Diversity, Sasswatch, Mickey's Marvels, Trexpert's Quiz, and What's the Tea, Bev? So, Joe, where can people find you when you're not tickling the ivories and filling the air with Melody's Beautiful? Ah, I like that. Melody is beautiful. It's so poetic sounding. But when I'm not doing that, you can find me um, on the BQN Collective on Facebook. That's our our listeners group. You can email me, joepodcast at gmail.com, or you can get me on Instagram at joejo77uk. And Amy, where can people find you when you're not, I don't know, leading all the rats in Las Vegas away with your clarinet. <laughs> yes, Amy, the Pied Piper. Well, when I'm not doing that, you definitely can find me here on the network where I'm co-hosting All Good Things and Union Federation. I am on Twitter at Miss Amy Nelson, uh, but my favorite place right there on Facebook in the BQN Collective. Priority one message from Starfleet coming in on Secured Channel. If you'd like to help us keep all of our shows coming to you each week, you can become a patron on the network on Patreon. We're putting out more exclusive content for our patrons that you won't want to miss, like It's Green or Amy's Math Moments. With a monthly Patreon subscription of $5 or more, you can join our meetings of the Hive Mind on the second Saturday of each month. Watch your Patreon messages for details. If you feel so inclined, please check 
it out at patreon.com slash BQN. And a huge shout out to our very own associate producers, Jim McMahon and Davey Willett. We are so grateful for your support. At this time, we would like to thank our executive producers who make this all possible. And a special thanks to Mark Wright for our artwork and me, Joe Keegan, for our show music. Thank you for beaming aboard Galaxy Class. And until next time... C, F, B flat, A, F, D, G, C. I heard it in my head. Listeners, I hope you did too. Great joy and gratitude. 